Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer by Draper Gorenholm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. With Mad Dog. Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom, here we go. Cheers. Boom. Welcome back, Dave Hendricks. Uh, Blockchain booze number 103. So we were just talking about this uh, before we went live. Next week will be 104, which means two full years of never skipping a Tuesday night. Um, So that's pretty exciting. Here's Dave uh, is joining us right now from an airport. So I made sure I made myself a very tall drink to keep up. Um, Up in the air. For drinking, right? I mean, this oh, is about the best place. I'm in an airport lounge. I mean, you know, I mean, great. where else? Yeah, it's 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 perfect. So, you'll you'll get a little more restrained version of me today than usual. So, boom. So, actually, I'm seeing that a ton of people are. Uh, I, I doubt it. I may be restrained with with voice and uh, exuberance to try and be, uh, to try and be um, uh, you know respectful people around you, but. But you're not the type to uh, uh, to shy away from opinions or, or pull any punches. No. So, no. Which, which is one of the reasons why I love you. Um, let's. Uh, but uh, something I need to throw out there. Um, I appreciate uh, uh, all of you guys joining us from all over the place. I um, wanted to remind everyone I fixed something just now. There was a little issue because of daylight savings and, and all of the ridiculousness with that. So if you're joining us on one of the streams, which I know there's there's uh, hundreds of you on LinkedIn and, and a few uh, hundred on, on YouTube and, and Twitter and everything, go to meet.blockchainboost.io if you want to ask questions live and, and do all that fun stuff. Because... Um, I think that, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is a cool topic. We have, uh, oh, I should throw this up. We have STS in May, Security Token Summit. That same week, you have an event later in the week in Austin, Texas, the uh, uh, Your Digital Assets um, event. Um, and yeah. I wanted to have a talk. We've had the last few weeks, um, we've had security token talks and things like that, but like, you're a great person to have to, to, to give us a little bit of background of, you know, where we started, where we're going. You're, you're an, an OG when it comes to digital assets, security tokens, you know, digital securities, whatever the, the, the word you want to use to explain it. But, you know, regulated assets on the blockchain. Um, uh, but before we go into that, uh, Dave, give us your background. Tell us a little bit about Vertalo so the audience can can get the lowdown well so yeah th- uh, thanks for calling me an og I, i'm i i'm not i don't i don't feel that old uh but yeah the, well the i mean our years. space our space has existed for like six years so i mean we can, you could be 25 years old and be an og in this space um so i'm not calling yes. you old i'm just saying you know your shit well you know so um yeah, so we started this thing, Vertalo, in 2017. 
and we we didn't necessarily back into becoming a security token or digital asset securities company we we built a product using ethereum and in early 2017 and, and then we released this to my last company it was it was actually financial in nature and we uh we thought oh in september 2017 you know everyone else is doing an ico so i wrote a white paper i wrote a yellow paper and then i took this this thing this idea of running a non-dilutive offering to one of my co-founders who's a former sec uh division of trading and markets regulator his name is gautam gudral and he's, he's great he's what you know he's my general counsel and co-founder he took it to our law firm and in October of 2017, they came back and they said, oh, no, 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 no ICO for you. So um, so we decided to, in October 2017, when everybody else was running an ICO, we decided to do a digital asset security offering. Uh, we, did, we set up a, a corporation in the Cayman, Cayman Islands, and we wrote this brutal 108-page private placement memorandum it costs like five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> and well, it was gotta, yeah for those of you listening not only was it like i don't know it's it's you know i didn't know what a ppm was a private placement memorandum was coming from the tech startup world because most tech startups wrote a deck and then they raised money on a convertible note or some basic um yeah. you know documents that are like yeah. even the complicated ones are like a template right but big yeah. funds hedge funds and groups like that had to write a ppm but the more complicated regulatory wise or the more complicated an investment product was the longer these documents these ppms were but when it came to crypto and when it came to digitizing them not only were they crazy long but yeah companies were having to spend crypto funds were spending hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars for the legal docs because there was no precedence so they were just trying yes. to cover their assets is is wild yeah yeah and we we had like 20 or 22 pages of just risks uh, risk statements and disclosures and and so we launched this thing in Q1 of 2018 and it was a stupendous failure <laughs> it, like from a fundraising perspective it was the worst like i've never been like i've never put more money or more effort into a fundraise and had worse fundraising results it was awful um but we did find out we did but it was extremely educational and this is how we got into the business because when we did this we saw we saw two kinds of companies. We saw uh, we saw on one side, um, like what I call tips, token issuance platforms. Um, they would they would like charge you a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollars to create a token, and they would take like a piece of your raise, and and then you know and then it issue tokens for you, and then they'd be like, okay, we're done, we're out of here. And then we saw we saw these alternative trading systems. On the other side, like T Zero and Open Finance Network, and Open Finance was recently bought by um, INX. We saw those, but you know, we being really, really compliance and like kind of legally oriented, trying to do everything kind of by the book. We didn't see the thing in the middle, and the thing in the middle was like the cap table and the transfer agent function. So. I went to your conference and your conference is where where the where it all came together in May of 2018. And I think that was I, uh well it was security token summit right here. Oh, well, no, it was well crypto it and was then, crypto invest crypto invest summit. It was it the, was, it was, still, big, it was yeah. not the one that we had the 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 security token summit a day before across the street. Um Maybe. it might have I, I think that it might have been that one but you know, I saw a presentation anyway. by one. I saw a presentation by one of the big names that's still in the space, and I, I'm, you know, and they said, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, after you issue these tokens, you know, you, you don't have to. You, you're 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 done. You can just issue these things to their wallets." And I'm like, um, mm, "That's not right." Um, and I I went I went back to my hotel room and I and overnight I had a dream. 
And when I woke up, I had this, I had this extremely lucid dream. It was kind of like something out of the Bible, like where Abraham, you know, has these dreams. And I had this dream and I woke up the next day and I called my team and I'm like, we're pivoting immediately. And I pivoted the company literally while I was at your, your conference. And, and then what we did was we, we pivoted in May of 2018 fo to focus on being a digital asset data management platform, because we, we knew that if you're going to issue digital asset securities, you're going to need a, um, a transfer agent function, a cap table function, you, you know, you needed the investor Somebody relations. Had to, yeah. Needed, yeah. All that Somebody stuff. You had to manage compliance. Like there mm -hmm. had, you yeah. can't, you can't, it's one thing for me to send, um, a collectible or cash yeah. from one person to another. Okay, you don't really need a middleman for that. But if you're talking yeah. about a security, it's like talking about your home. And so you can't buy a home without showing your driver's license, signing a mm -hmm. deed and doing all of the things yeah. you need to do. Um, it, it wouldn't ever make sense to do that just mm -hmm. on Ethereum publicly. Well, there are so, there are so many issues. And so, yeah. you know, we, we said, okay, well, really the, the best role to be in is not in writing tokens because, you know, writing tokens and just issuing them to wallets, that's not a very sustainable business because every month you're saying, okay, who am I going to sell this to? And, and then, you know, there's all these kind of user adoption issues with like, you know, wallets and, uh, and keys and all that stuff. So what we decided to do was to build a system that would look a lot like Coinbase Okay, where you didn't need to know anything about wallets or tokens, and yet you'd, you'd still get the benefits of them, and and a little bit like America Online, um, you know, the, the back back in the you day, got mail. right? You got mail, you yeah. got tokens, and back in the day, America Online and Prodigy was was how people got onto the internet. Yeah. Before then, it was all modems, okay, oh, and yeah. dial up. And yeses and things like oh, yeah. only super nerds would be able to even put it all together. Like you had to have a technical. Exactly. I even mm -hmm. would. I told my kids the other day that playing a video game when we were kids required you to have some technical expertise. You had to like learn how to even oh, in yeah. the DOS command line. You know, like you had to be able to at, at minimum. You know, run run it, it execute a, a file or run run something. But even then, you had to be able to understand commands and things like that. It was like that for the beginning days of the internet or logging into BBSs oh, and peer-to-peer yeah. -peer networks. Um, but then, even then, later on, AOL was the was the mass adoption moment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so, and so, we, you know, we we decided that user experience, um, safety and security, kind of orderliness. Uh, was 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 going to be our path, and we knew this would be would, this would take longer um, that, to to put together an ecosystem to make things simple. You know, you take a look at DeFi today, and you know, like you know, this DeFi is not the province of unsophisticated people. It's almost in, it's almost entirely inaccessible to people who are not either quants or technical or like have some kind of personality defect that for, want, that, that, that drives them to know about all of these things. Okay. It's a great defect, but most people don't have it. And, um, yeah. and so, and so, and so when we say we've been in this for a while, uh, you know, we created the first platform to manage this similar to a Carta, um, or to a computer okay. share. And, and, um, and, we we've always looked at this market as being the largest possible market in the world. This is the thing that few understand, as they say on Twitter, that if you can yeah. make this easy, the the yeah. the efficiency benefits for digital asset securities over, you know, paper well, or spreadsheet here, certificates is, is vast. I want to tell you, yeah, I want to tell you, to give a little background on on market size, just to kind of explain. When you mentioned computer share as just an example. Computer share, for those of you who don't know, is, is sort of the, um, they're the people behind the services that service the shareholders of, of companies like Amazon and things like that. If you, if you ever were a shareholder in a company like that, 
and once a year or once a quarter you get something in the mail with a packet with how to vote how to deal with the governance and like participate if you want to participate you got that from computer share they're they're probably the largest or one of the largest in the mm -hmm. world of those kind of things yeah. but i largest. i back to yeah going back to 2012 2014 when i was doing my own crowdfunding company we wanted to address the sort of private market for assets and it was pre sort of um pre sort of blockchain talk at all and we want to launch this company and we were doing research and i remember at the time in the united states alone the private market was a seven trillion dollar a year asset class or seven trillion dollar a year market was just private securities um, in the United States, and today with inflation, with everything else, and growth, it's much bigger than that. And those and and people think of, I think investors back in the 2012 2014 time when I was doing that company, were thinking it was digital or streamlined when somebody used DocuSign or something like that, like in, in their mind, like, of course, it's already digital. It's, I DocuSigned the doc. I used Sign Now or whatever, and I signed it on my phone. But that, that's not actually digitizing the company when, uh, mm -hmm. when, you know, when a company distributes funds or things like that. It doesn't happen digitally. It's not automated. It's, it's literally still humans looking at it, doing the calculations, making the decisions, sending the paperwork, mm -hmm. you having to review it. It's nothing is automated. And what right. you are building with Vertalo and what the industry is trying to build when you talk about digital securities is actually digitizing it, actually yes. making it. Even if you forget about the blockchain part of it, the, the, how much more efficient this, this, this industry could be if it was actually digital. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think of this and sometimes I call it like programmable private assets um, rather than, you know, I, I stay, I stay, I stay away from uh, the word tokens because um, that confuses people. Um, digital asset securities is a, is a good thing, but, but, you know, going back to the DocuSign thing, you know, DocuSign is actually a pretty critical um, component to all of this. So, you know, Creating a company, creating an ecosystem, creating, making something simple and reducing friction is actually very, very hard to do. And, and the, the, one of the most interesting things about this industry is that is, you know, unlike, you know, say creating a social network, um, social networks operate in silos. You know, they, they don't typically connect to anything other than maybe Amazon Web Services. Um, they, they, they live by themselves and then people hit their API and connect to them. And that's about it. But the difference with this industry is that you've got, um, broker dealers who are in, who are, uh, doing primary capital raises. You've got custodians who are, uh, both who are on the escrow side on collecting cash, um, from, you know, when people invest, you've got transfer agent cap table companies like us. You've got KYC and AML platforms like, you know, say NetKey. You've got uh, um, accreditation platforms like, say, InvestReady. You've got um, uh, you've got alternative trading systems like T0, Texture, Oasis Pro Markets, Templum, etc. Um, and then you've got DocuSign, and um, and uh, to do one of these deals. To, to go for like full life cycle, every single one of those companies is involved in this. And the, the interesting part that, you know, like, yeah, sure, you're creating a token and that's a representation. It's a non-certificated, dematerialized uh, security. But in order to, to issue that and to, and to distribute it, you actually need all those players, especially if you want to trade it afterwards. Yeah. And um, it, it's such an interesting industry. I, you know, I've made so many friends in it over the last five years. And, and by necessity in this industry, you have to work together. And the other people that we've had to work together with are the regulators. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, well, like when liquidity or when this or when that, um, what they don't really understand is that, you know, we're, we're, we're building, you know, what amounts to being like, you know, the second Avenue subway or, or, you know, or it, there's, 
or, or like a, a very complicated logistical system that is moving the owner or the buyer all the way through this process, meeting yeah. sellers, exchanging money. And the first version of this that kind of came up in 2018, 2019 didn't work because well, yeah, there was, it very, was... Low, very low interoperability. Yeah, it was that was the big problem. It was it did do some of the things it promises, but in a silo, right? So if I wanted to buy a certain security, I had to do it in that silo. I had to do it on that correct blockchain, on that correct mm -hmm. exchange, in the correct mm -hmm. way, which is not how which does the opposite of the promise, right? The promise mm -hmm. is that if it was digitized, if it was um, if it was streamlined, then everyone around the world should be able to participate, you know, in, and make it streamlined, make it easy. But in making it easy and making it digital, they actually put it in this silo that made it harder to participate. Because yeah. if all of my money is in Schwab, I can't buy it out of my Schwab account. I would have to transfer my money somewhere else. Then mm -hmm. once I get it to my bank account, transfer it to a new exchange, participate on that exchange. And essentially, by putting it on the blockchain and adding that bell, those bells and whistles, you made it harder to participate. Which is, you know, part of the reason why companies, like you mentioned, uh, you guys doing something, but companies, they actually made it harder. They made it harder for people yeah. to participate, and it was so complicated that, like, you know, you know people don't want to do that super complicated thing. You're taking a deal that might be good, and you're going like, here's a bunch of reasons that make it more complicated than if it was just a regular piece of paper. And now you're you're just adding hurdles for people to, yeah. to deal with it. And and one of the one of the biggest things so I, I consider us to be in version two, okay? Yeah. Of digital asset securities or 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 of security tokens, version two. Version one was a hundred percent peer to peer. Mm -hmm. Um and and it was very difficult. You like when you you'd have the the you know tokens in your wallet and then you'd go order match with a potential buyer on on an you know ats in this case it was ofn who was the only one doing this yeah. and but then you had to settle peer-to-peer -peer with the buyer yeah. and the question is do you send the tokens first yeah money and then send the tokens and there were huge like it was like a mexican standoff and yeah. and you know even in even in the crypto markets um even dexes don't require you to do that okay no because um, there were smart contracts that would do that for you and right. there's there's inner there's there's you know there's essentially escrow that exists automated mm -hmm. escrow that exists yeah. in those in those marketplaces yeah. but we didn't but have that yet yeah <laughs> and so people wonder like oh you know when's this when's this gonna when's this gonna happen well you know for us you know we we built our platform api first and our expectation was that if we if we expected investors to to you know to invest in these things and then have a chance of selling them we would have to make the uh, share transfer easier. We'd also have to reduce the risk. And the, the risk is primarily settlement. So if you yeah. if you if you sell something to somebody, will they pay you? Um, and and so you know now this stuff is is happening. And this is the version two. And I'll get into version three yeah. in a second. But version two is almost 100% APIs. It's not you taking tokens in a wallet and going and finding this random person. And, and then sending them tokens and then them paying you. It's going to an ATS and doing order matching there. And then yeah. they settle it with a custodian and cash is exchanged there. And then once that but, happens, yeah. the deal is done. You know? Yeah, but now and, there's more, yeah, there's more of those participants doing it mm -hmm. digitally so yeah. that we're able to do it in a almost instant or instant way. Uh, at least that's where it's going to. That's where we're trying mm -hmm. to get to, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which creates a lot less risk, right? It, it's it's almost risk-free. And at the same time, you, you don't have to worry about selling something to someone who's on the OFAC list, um, which means like, uh, you know, on the blacklist. Um, 
and you don't have to worry about there's a lot of things you don't have to worry about yeah. um yeah and but you know my my belief is that in i i don't i'm not sure if it's two years maybe it's three years um the wallets the self-sovereign wallets will come back into this and that's going to where this market is going is not just in buying and selling the digital asset securities but it's actually in collateralizing them similar to DeFi. Yeah. so DeFi and nfts are all going to land in what people call security tokens now because they're they all they're all going to get subpoenaed um a bunch of them are going to get shut down and the reason why they're going to do this is because they're creating marketplaces the unregulated marketplaces and so because you know secs worry about investor protection and we already see this in the nft world it's very it's, it, you know there's a lot of stuff happening there and so the next version security security token 3.0 is going to involve more self-sovereign wallets the ability to collateralize meaning borrow against the shares that you have yeah and the the ability to do things like fractional nfts uh you know again borrowing and lending and that will involve more wallets because some yeah, people are doing that now, but it's way. not compliant, right? It's it's yeah. it's mm -hmm. it's really scary because what I will say, my my what I'm scared of is you know not that I think a lot of the people are doing things wrong or defrauding people in that sense. What people are doing, there are people doing that, and they should be you know chased down and 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 you know shot in the town square. But the, the people who are doing things right are still not doing it compliantly because there is no compliant way of doing it at this moment, mm -hmm. or at least they're you know they're not jumping through those ridiculous hoops. And so when you buy a fractional share of the NFT and you participate in that way, what I'm worried is not that the person is going to you know rug you, is that the the SEC is going to rug you. Not out of you know I think that when they look at it, they don't look like, they're not looking at it like, hey, I'm hurting, you know, I'm hurting Alon who bought this fraction of a crypto punk on this DeFi thing. Mm -hmm. They're thinking I'm protecting Alon, the future version of Alon from buying the fraudulent version of this, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. at least that's that's giving them the benefit of the doubt, right? Yesterday, mm -hmm. I think uh, last week's uh, last week's blockchain booze, a lot of the community members were pissed that um, one of the security token people were talking about regulators in a favorable way. <laughs> um, but, you know, but honestly, I think that at least their intention is is to protect if we're going to try it, try our best, right? Um, to, to be as politically, uh, uh, you know, nice to everyone as possible. But their, their, their mandate is to protect. And I think that's why they're doing it. Now, mm -hmm. every day that goes by, you know, today it might cost hundreds of thousands of dollars for a group to try and do it compliantly using their law firms and things like that. But every day that goes by, if Dave was doing the exact same offering he was talking about from 2018 today or 2017 today, it wouldn't cost him five hundred thousand dollars. It might cost him a hundred or fifty. I don't know. There's law firms now that have done it multiple times, and there's some some somewhat standard docs, right? Yeah. So it's going to get I better right we even saw a demo um, we saw a demo we participated in together last week that showed a regulated transfer of a security where the settlement went directly into a metamask wallet um mm -hmm. and that yep. was that it's happening it behind the scenes it's happening uh soon it'll happen you know for everyone right i i think i think it will happen for everyone but i want to i want to get into another reason why you know wallets are a funny thing in this um the you know the crypto community is um they're they're, they're very wallet centric um you know the the typical traditional brokerage community doesn't expose your holdings to the entire world and so in 2019 we 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 designed a uh, keyless custodial wallet uh and so every time we issue a, another token another digital asset security we create a new wallet for it and the wallet's never been seen before. And the effect of this is that, uh, you can, you can keep your holdings very, very private. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people who, you know, want to show everybody, you know, what a whale they are or whatever. The smart people don't want everyone to know what they own. And so, you know, we're really, really focused on 
limiting the attack surface and making things super private. And and so and if you if you're if you're going to invest, it's important to have wallets that have almost no transaction history with other parties other than you. Um, otherwise, basically everything you do is public to everyone after that. And yeah. that's why those two goofballs, I'm not even sure if they're the people who are behind this with the 70 million to $4 billion worth of Bitcoin, you know, those two, the, the rap star and the, and her husband or whatever. Yeah. 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 Those, you know, I mean, uh, chain out, you know, you know, it's, you know, chain analysis, like, right. You can just see the, the, the aware, where these things were moved from. And so one of the, you know, while everyone wants to be, oh, I want to be all self-sovereign, I want to be all MetaMask, et cetera. Well, moving things around a while, it's as expensive and also it's extremely public. It's it's the most yeah. public thing that you do. I, I tried, yeah, I was explaining this to somebody today because um, Elizabeth Warren went on um, a podcast yeah. that was really popular and a friend of mine said, hey, you know, I read, I heard her say this thing or that thing. And I went, that's, that's technically not true. Right. So what, what she said is, is not true because all of these transactions are very, very public. Right. And we've had, you know, you, you know, we do our conferences and things like that at our conferences, we've had law enforcement agents from, I think we've had a FBI, a CFTC agents, like straight up, this is their job is law enforcement. And they said 100% of the time they would rather the criminals they're chasing transact on the blockchain. 100% of them, they'd rather it. So it's actually better for law enforcement um, for, for transactions that happen on the blockchain because it's easier for them to trace and track and catch the criminals. Um, so it's it's totally this false narrative um, that politicians are throwing out there. But but even just talking about it in general, um, it's, it's, you know, it's it's really public, right? And and I always just assume that anything I do on you know through MetaMask or whatever is is public, right? And so I remember somebody giving me some shit when I posted Alon.eth on my Twitter account, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Anybody who wanted to know will go on OpenSea or go on to if you know EtherScan and and knows exactly what I've done, and I'm okay with that. Like I'm I'm. I wouldn't do it in a public setting if I didn't want people to know what I was doing, because I understand that at least. Right. Um, and I know that I'm also in the room with the smartest people in the room right now. Right. Like the smartest people in the world right now. Like, I don't know if you feel this way, but ever since participating in the blockchain space, I feel like um, we've we've we're we're you know, lucky that we're we're surrounded by literally the smartest people like Anytime some shady shit goes down or something bad happens in the blockchain space, when when the community wants to know what happened, they they figure it out, right? Like they know exactly who and what and where things go. Like talk about chain analysis and stuff like that. Um, it's you know it's it's, it's crazy. It's an amazing. You don't necessarily a, want that a, in your private portfolio. Yeah, it's an amazing community, and it's an interesting. Um, interesting community you know if we were going to talk about investment in in the space that that Vertalo operates in um i can tell you just from my experience you know how few real vcs and how few real investors there are in crypto and how most of them are traders including the vcs um yeah. and they're super smart i mean some of the smartest and you know former investors have come into uh and have come into the sector they're really really smart they can actually understand technically what some of the companies are doing but they're not necessarily investors um well, they are i have this problem all the time yeah I, you know? I have this problem all the time where we're early stage investors and when I make an early stage investment, when we participate with a company, we're thinking eight, 10 years ahead. And I'm not, if I do happen to get a token as my investment um, in a company or DGH's investment in a company, I, I don't care what the vesting schedule is because I would never sell it in the, I never would assume that I would be selling it in those first couple, three years. Um, I'm, it's, you know, the average exit for a VC should be eight, 10 years if you're early stage. And, but it's really hard for me to get co-investors from other VCs because in there, they're still in that selfish token mode. They're like, when's the token? 
like get the token? Will I be able to flip the token? And they're straight up still looking at it from that perspective. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, companies like mine um, are are we're an enterprise software company. We're, we don't have a bonus token. There's there's nothing to flip with us. You, you do you do this because you you're looking for a longer term, you know, 10, 30, 50, 100 X. OK, that's what you're looking for. Most of the DeFi projects, a lot of the NFT projects are, you know, we're like a we're like a sperm whale. Remember, we talked about this. OK, I mean, long gestation period, very long life. Most of the DeFi projects are, you know, fruit flies. Um, they might be they might be grasshoppers or honeybees. They might be a mouse. They 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 mature quickly, um, and they burn brightly, and then they fade quickly. Yeah. And that's and in order to invest in them, you know, first of all, there's nothing to sell. There's nothing to invest yeah. in a in a decentralized protocol, because anyone can copy and paste that. And and you know, there's no and if you're a DAO or or if you're decentralized, there's no, there's no, uh, there's not an enterprise to buy. Okay, it can, and so I, I don't blame them for. There's, there's some, they'll, they'll, yeah, you can. There's some more mature and um, and uh, uh, methodically created and built DAOs now that I will say are are at least um, pushing against the the norm. But for ninety nine percent, I think I mm -hmm. think you're you're right. Yeah. Some you know protocols are protocols are a good investment um, because you know you're going to create a community around it and they're they're going to you know they're they're invested in it and a lot of times they get you know kind of vested out you know uh, rewards from from a community pool that makes a lot of sense but you know derivative DeFi protocols that are that are borrowing lending protocols their biggest competitive edge is what APY they they offer. And at any time they could blow up. So I understand why investors would put equity into those things, into the team in exchange and get a, you know, get equity, which is useless because no one's ever going to buy it. It's never going to have an exit and then, and then get a bunch of tokens that you can dump on mainnet. And that's, you know, and so this industry has not seen the level of investment that you know nfts DeFi protocols have seen because that mechanism of being able to pay early stage price with late stage liquidity doesn't exist in this market this is hardcore deep tech it requires a lot it's very it's a long game it's a long game and um and you know we had to spend the last you know four years working with regulators to get to the point where you know finally this year you know this is when then you know things are finally getting going because yeah. the the ats is getting their licenses their systems work um offerings now trust the trust it versus just issuing paper and then there's a settlement function and by the way none of this was actually possible before december 20 to december 23rd 2020 when uh, Jay Clayton, in his literally final act as the chairman of the SEC, issued the statement of non-enforcement. That was like, not Christmas Eve, it was December 23rd, 2020. Yeah. And then everybody else was, was like, okay, cool. Yeah, then, then everyone else was, was cool. And, and, and then everyone's like, okay, now we can invest in this because look, there's, we're going to be able to close the loop, meaning we can order well, match. And then we can settle, and then we can then we can update an ownership ledger, and and it's still I, taken a year after that to get the settlement machines going. Well, not not just that. I remember it was such a big deal for one of our portfolio companies, uh, Symmetria. Uh, you know, Ziv. Um, mm -hmm. So Symmetria yeah. got a no action letter from Israelis yeah. from the Israel Securities Authority, mm -hmm. which is like the the SEC of Israel, basically mm -hmm. saying the 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 no action letter didn't say you could do something special. Or, or like they didn't even try to add anything. They basically, the no action letter said, we won't go after you if it, everything is exactly the same and it's digital, <laughs> right? That's basically all the no action letter said. And that was enough to be a big deal um, because just digitizing scared the crap out of, out of um, the regulators. 
I don't know if it actually scared the crap out of the regulators. It should actually make them very happy because it should make their job easier. It should make it easier to enforce. But the reason why, you know, you know, the I, in my cynical uh, thing, and maybe I shouldn't say this out loud, but, you know, the, the largest financial institutions in the world whose job may, you know, get get a little bit, their market share may get taken by, by this um, if they don't adopt it quickly are the people who put the politicians in place and the regulators in place, right? So, so that might, I think, is probably the biggest hurdle uh, we might have saying, may, may, maybe, maybe not, um, but that, that's how I feel. Um, but, you know, we're, we're seeing it, right? You, you said we're enterprise service, financial services, we're, we're B2B, we're SaaS, right? And what's interesting about that, there's two things, right, is that on, on the, maybe the, the bad or the, the one side is that it's a long game, especially when you're talking about regulated financial institutions. They're the slowest people to adopt new technology, but they're starting to, right? That same meeting that you and I were in where we talked about a regulated security being transferred and the settlement happening automatically and going right into somebody's MetaMask account in USDC or USDT or whatever the stable coin was, uh, that was great. That's interesting, but it takes years and years and years. We're, we're two years in the blockchain and booze we talked about. One of the last trips I went before that, I sat at a table with some of those largest regulated financial institutions at a dinner after a conference. Those guys are participating in that meeting. They're really interested in using it, but they still haven't adopted it. So that's two and a half years later. They've literally been in the conversation, but still haven't signed the docs, right? So it's a long yeah. game. But on the flip side, not financial advice, uh, but... <laughs> Look at what data shows about early stage venture capital. One, it's the it's the high it's the stage where, on average, the average VC has the highest return, but it's the longest, riskiest, right? So that that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But on, also, if you dive into that category of venture capital, early stage venture capital, there's one category that outperforms all the subcategories, which is B two B SaaS. So if you're willing to play the long game. It's, it is uh, the, the most lucrative area, but again, it's such a long game and those enterprise sales take a long time and you need somebody, you know, uh, you know, generalizing, but if you need, you need somebody as aggressive and hard headed as uh, Dave to, uh, to, to, to pound the pavement and, and, you know, knock, knock it out of the park. It, it, it takes a long this is time to get these financial institutions to move. It's just, and you, you know, you, you have to do the, the work that you have to do to build in this industry is it's, it's, it's stunning. I, if, if, if I knew five years ago, how long it was going to take for me to get to where we are now, I don't know whether I could have done it. Yeah, it's um, hard. And a lot of, and, and a lot of other folks had to cut corners or had to leave the industry because they, they, you know, they were, they were transactional. Um, and they, they weren't into building and they, they, they weren't willing to put in the time. And, you know, if you're going to start any startup, if you're, if you go into the startup thinking, I'm going to go build this thing, I'm going to exit in two years or something like that. Like, that's the wrong mindset. Don't just go work at, go, go, go work at like a, you know, big four consulting firm, go work for somebody else. Please don't start a company. If you think like if, if you're designing it for an exit, like in the next couple of years, because you're not going to be able to build anything real. I mean, you can certainly knock something off, but if you want to do what we're trying to do here, and the real purpose of this technology is not to tokenize the world. That That's just a, that's just like a, that's just like a, something it's Meme. what we're doing is we're modernizing private capital markets and we're, we're, we're going to make a more liquid private capital market of all the ESGs in ESG ideas in the world. It's probably the most ESG in, in terms of social good, social good. What we're, what we can do with this technology is to, is to get those enslaved venture funded company employees liquidity for their options. There are 15, we did research last summer along, we had a team. We found that there are 15,000 companies 
that are venture funded companies in the US that are valued between 50 million and $1 billion market cap, 15,000. Not even 10% of those have a shot at going public. Yeah. Most of them won't get MA. And how Most many of them are employees? Just gonna, yeah. How many okay. employees? How many, how many employees? Uh, imagine that the average has 300 or 500. Okay. You're, you're, you're talking about, it's probably a lot more than that, too. Um, those employees struggle and slave away for years in hopes of getting an exit. But unless that company is acquired, which is getting sold, and that's usually not a great outcome for employees, or goes public, which is extremely rare, those, those options, that, that employee equity is never going to be liquid, and they will never make any money from it. What if there was a technology? What if there was a network? What if there was an ecosystem that could make those illiquid private companies more liquid? That's, How that's many new companies thing. would start? That is the that's the mission. That's my passion mission right there. Yeah, sure. I'm 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 helping do this for um, real estate companies. I'm helping do it for collectibles. We're doing it for anything. I mean, real estate's our biggest, our biggest. Uh, more than fifty percent of our business is is real estate. But, you know, venture funded companies, you know, let's free the serfs, okay? Let's free the indentured servants that are in um, the uh, venture funded companies and enable them to buy and sell their shares. And this is what this technology can do. It can facilitate liquid secondary markets. And but what um, it can also do, yeah, what it can also do is enable the average person who might be a user of one of those companies or might be interested in one of those companies to basically buy shares of those companies in a way that wasn't available before too. And that's, that also is the flip side to that. It could create, yes. you know, generational wealth or just wealth in general that wasn't actually available or legal for people to participate in, in a, uh, you know, in a compliant, in a even like uh, efficient way before. Right. You know, that that's that's also part of it is we have this really, yes. really long, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the what's the right word? We have a um, it's a tra long tradition, <laughs> for lack of a better term, in this country or in the world of boxing out the little guy from participating in the largest potential, you know, wealth creation engine we have. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's mind blowing. That, you know, I joked and I said, like, I, when I found out that this kind of stuff was illegal or just in, in many ways, just completely inefficient for the average person to participate in, I thought it was un-American. But, you know, Rodney Sampson, one of our venture partners and friends of ours, was like, no, this is patently American. It's 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 on purpose. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's and it's not fair. No, it's not fair. And. And and so I mean, my, yeah. My mission is not to, again, it's it's not to it's not to tokenize the world. It's to use this technology to enable to free people. Um, you know, these assets are locked up in spreadsheets. They're locked up in in Nike boxes on index cards. They're they're you know they this kind of this, this is like the last frontier in modernization i mean private markets are just massively disconnected and so you know there's all kinds of interesting things to this industry i think a lot of people you know they 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 get it confused with icos they get it confused with DeFi. they get it confused with nfts there's lots of overlap with those things but essentially what we're doing is we're taking these distributed ledger technologies and combining them with, you know, and connecting systems together to enable people, like you said, uh, and regular people to buy interests in earlier stage companies or get access to investments that they couldn't get access to and not get rug pulled, meaning they can buy these things and then they can sell them. More people would invest in private companies if they knew that they were going to be, that, that, that they're going to be liquid. I mean, the, the reason why the, the reason why people don't invest more in early stage companies is because they know that they've got a, you know, if you go really early yeah. stage, like you guys, you got an 80% chance of going to zero. 
and yeah. you know, and, 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 you, and, and it's an eight to ten year game. If even yeah. if you're even like we had an exit mm-hmm. in our portfolio, and it was at about three and a half years, like to the day. Um, and that's that's the anomaly, right? That's that's crazy. That's that's we got lucky mm-hmm. in in that respect. And um, and most you know companies are do, you know we're are doing really really well, but there is no private market for these things unless. They're a really hot company. You can go to like a Forge or one of these companies and I can sell a $100,000 block of shares maybe if the docs allow me to and if, it, you know, mm-hmm. and if I jump through some hoops, if I'm willing to pay a service provider, if I'm willing to wait a few months, it's, it's such a huge pain in the butt. Imagine that the average American has a maybe a few thousand dollars in their savings account, right? Um, mm-hmm. I can't risk you know, the money I need to fix my car if I get in a car accident on, on an investment. If, mm. if it was liquid, then I could. Yeah, if it's liquid, you could. And the other thing is if there was price discovery. So, yeah. you know, hey, look, uh, no, 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 uh, I'm not nagging, you know, Sheriff's Post or Forge or, but those are, those are peer-to-peer OTC, um, you know, kind of opaque markets. And when you do those deals, not only does it take weeks to do them, and it's very, very painful uh, to do them, but um, you don't have, you have zero price discovery. So you don't know in that transaction whether you paid the, the a higher price than everybody else because there's so yeah. much information asymmetry. And so, you know, what we're, you know, again, in, in, you know, there's a lot of transparency other than like your ownership is private in our system, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of transparency in terms of last price paid. And then of yeah. course, you know, if you're going to buy a security, you, you should have some, you should have some information. There should be some disclosures. And I mean, sure, caveat emptor, okay, caveat emptor all, all the time, okay? Always be careful what you're buying. But, you know, you, you can buy you know, this network, because that's what we're all creating, by the way. That's why yeah. this is so interesting, because of all the partners in the network. Yeah. But you create you, you, you create a combination of accessibility um, and clarity, price discovery, a ready market. And that's what you know, that's why it's taken so long to do this, because yeah. I'm not sure that people understand that if it was just writing tokens and like buying and selling tokens like that's baby stuff. Yeah, it's, it's totally like reinventing the private capital markets is not baby stuff. It really <laughs> well, is. You're you're going after the the, and you're also you know not necessarily going after, but in a way you're going after the the most powerful uh, uh, organizations in the world, right? Yes. and and you know some of them are are buying into these markets and realizing that it's it's the future and kind of mm-hmm. going into it and some of them are resisting because th- with resisting they hold on to their power a lot longer but or at mm-hmm. least for, for a moment longer and you know in the short term you know who's the ceo who's in charge you know it, it's it that's the way for them but but it's it's i i you know being in this space, I get cynical and I could go into that sort of like the, the deep dives and make myself sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. But it's, it's not right, because if you look at what we're talking about, we're talking about like the most liberally uh, um, pie in the sky, wonderful, almost socialist ideas when we say giving everyone access and giving everyone opportunity and doing all of these things, which I'm one of the most liberal people in the world on all social things. So for me, that's not not a huge stretch. But if you look at our most liberal politicians, they're the most against this space, which doesn't make any fucking sense at all. And you realize- Yes, it does. Also, along yeah, I can the, tell you. Yeah. the the ones who are have the, the highest level of um, you know, receipts uh, from these largest financial institutions in terms of donors and, and things like that. So it's well, not protecting us, you know. You're, you're, you're going to have to you're going to have to fix your your political leanings because you're you you're now a member of the of the control party, the censorship. And I'm not a member of any party. I'll make yeah, that well, clear. Well, well, it, 
go ahead and be a classical liberal if you want. Okay. But this is not a, but this is a market. Uh, this is a self-sovereign market. It's yeah. a, uh, regardless of what kind of wallet it is, it, it is a, it is a market which is very driven by democratizing access to investment and democratizing access to secondary liquidity but it's not one that wants a lot of surveillance and it, wa it doesn't want a lot of it, it's, it's got perfectly good regulations there's no but more clarity I, that needs yeah. to be done and when yeah. i say what i said i mean it in the actual strict um definition of those terms which is much closer to to being um which is much closer to being for example a uh, a libertarian but the yeah. hardest most hardest for libertarian is also an anarchist but if you said that in the media or something uh, like that, an anarchist sounds like somebody who wants to burn everything down. Not necessarily true if you're being, uh, uh, you know, into it. I'm just a super nerd for this stuff. And, uh, yeah. and, and what I want and is this, everyone to have the opportunity to participate or not. It should be their choice. Not it shouldn't. Yes. Nobody should be the gatekeeper of that. Um, and there, that's the beauty of what we're trying to build here, right? Yeah. So um, we should keep we should we should hold on some, to some of our nuggets for um, May sixteenth in in New York, right. okay, that's and right. also May nineteenth May nineteenth to the twenty, 20 to the twenty first, okay. You're gonna flip that. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a, a, a tab here. If yeah, that's can okay. you share your screen? I can click on it. Yeah, yep. uh, let's show your event as well. And um, I know we didn't get much time to jump into the Q and A, so we're gonna before then, before well, both. Is of it, those is, I've got I've got a few minutes. Do you have Do you have Q and A? I'm happy to take questions. Yeah, I can. I have I have a couple questions, but what I'm gonna say to everyone watching as well is that we're definitely going to do this a couple more times um, before these events and in the future, of course, right? There's gonna, remember our event, I'm not sure. I know that yours, you collect all the content and stuff. Our event will also have a live stream that whether you show up or not will be will be free for everyone to, to mm -hmm. watch the live stream. Um, so, but but digital asset and securities conference in Austin, Texas, um, mm -hmm. is May nineteenth. But I know that your last event was amazing. Everybody um, was talking about how great it was, and I wish I could have attended. Um, so May nineteenth. Yeah, May May nineteenth, um, and. Uh, May 19th to the 21st, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, amazing food, music, probably 400 people in Austin, um, in yeah. Austin Texas at the Omni Barton Creek in Austin, Texas. It's gorgeous. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not a place you're going to want to just drop in it, three stages, one main stage, like no selling. And then when the main stage isn't on two stages with presentations where people can talk about anything they want um and so it's going to be amazing and you know i think we have a lot of stuff to talk about do you, do you want to do q a right now or i've got you know i've, so, I've got a little bit know, of limited, you know, i've got a limited time yeah so i um I'm, I'm looking through the QA. I think we covered almost everything, to be honest, because we okay. people asked okay. about liquidity and stuff and things like that. Mm -hmm. So we we definitely did cover um, all of these topics that I'm seeing here. There's one um, here. Let me just let me just throw this to you because I think this is something everyone is interested in. Um, I answered somebody in the chat about NFTs becoming a security once you fractionalize them. Some of the NFTs are a security if the team doesn't do it right, but if you're talking, if they did everything right and it's a collectible, then it's a piece of art, it's a collectible, fine. But the second it gets fractionalized, it's a security. So remember that, but but what somebody, uh, Crispin asked a really good question here. He said, do you see DAOs fitting into the traditional securities umbrella uh, in the US or elsewhere or operating in an outlaw fashion? And then as a follow-on, um, the cor corporations that provide white labeled or directly marketed DAOs. So, you know, I guess those are two separate things, but, but DAOs, they fit in the traditional securities umbrella for the most part. There's, you know, there's no reason uh, why DAOs are not effectively the same as a corporation. <laughs> I, mean, just, I need more beer, apparently. Um, that's what happens if I don't get enough, <laughs> my beer's, my beer's not full. 
it's, it's, the, it's, it's like it's the airport terminal um it's yes. like your body changes modes when you go into an airport That's terminal so so you know DAOs DAOs are meant to you know be community driven okay but if they're if you're investing in something uh regardless of whether it's a, a DAO or a, a c corp or you know a gplp structure any any exemption um there if there's an expectation if it's promoted and there's an expectation of gain um yeah. uh that's you know most likely you're issuing the security regardless of whether there isn't a ceo okay it, mm-hmm. you, you still need to create documents to do it uh, someone needs to vote on things there's definitely bylaws um there's there's corporate governance uh, even if it's decentralized and so you know there's a there are a lot of folks who want to want to think that you know because something is decentralized or it doesn't seem to have a head that that for some reason implies that you're it's not a security i think that would be a false assumption you know i think a lot of people ran to wyoming to thinking that you know they were they were going to like you know um you know uh some special island where reality uh where the sec didn't operate or finra didn't operate and that's that's it's 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 not that's it's not that so uh and then you know these dow people can create really beautiful systems look great but just wait until they have to deal with some kind of transfer um or they, they actually want to sell the shares and you know they're going to have to deal with all kinds of issues around kyc aml and and you know uh, accreditation and all those things it doesn't make it a non-private company it doesn't exempt it yeah but you know but you know magical thinking sometimes you know uh you know prevails and i'm okay with magical thinking the the problem is if you're one of the main contributors to a dao and you're an american citizen i don't want you to get in trouble i don't want you to have to pay fines the sec or potentially put your 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 livelihood at risk or your family's uh, future at risk. And that's why you have to be really, really mm-hmm. crazy careful. Now there might be, you might live in certain other countries where you feel comfortable making that risk because you don't give a shit. Okay. But, but if, you know, my problem, what I really hate about it all is that because we're in that, that 2.0 uh, digital securities that, that Dave was talking about and not maybe the next level or we're not quite there yet. It's just not simple enough for the average person to even want to, a lot of times, even attempt to comply or participate. So, you know, our friends and family might be jumping to other countries to, to try and solve those problems. But remember, just setting up your corporation in another country, another place, isn't going to save you from U.S. securities laws. You, you physically, the, the one time I've, I've had conversations with the SEC based on a company uh one of the questions they asked me was if I knew that the person who was the leader of the company was physically in the United States or in another country when they launched their potential security. They cared where the person physically was. So remember, just saying you're in Singapore or wherever you, you decide to set your jurisdiction, you might physically have to be there. But also, you know, if you go there, do it, and then want to come back to the United States, you still have to comply. So be very, 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 very extremely careful and talk to lawyers, even though it might be like pulling teeth. Be careful. Be really, really careful. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing that we, that we know and other people usually learn after they get subpoenaed is that uh, the SEC has unlimited time, unlimited team, unlimited treasure, and you have unlimited tail risk, which uh, there's two crimes in the United States that have no statute of limitations. One of them is capital murder. The other one is securities law violations. Okay. Okay. Almost the and same so, thing, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, um, and so it, it's, it's not, yes. yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, if you, if you smoke a joint, you know, two weeks later, it's out of your system, you shave your head and, you know, no one's going to know you, you did that. And, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm clear. This is not, this is not that. 
Okay. And and remember, yeah. securities law violation doesn't mean fraud. Those are two separate things. You if you defraud people, you know that's 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 against the law and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But you could do something that's of pure intent. You could launch a DAO mm -hmm. that actually does everything exactly like you say. You might have given all of the investors all the right warnings and all the things that would have um, protected them in the best way, probably maybe better than many other companies that comply with the laws. But if you don't do it in the right way, it is a securities law violation. Thank goodness so far, I'm knocking on wood, I haven't heard of any companies that didn't defraud anyone where the, the people went to jail or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But again, what I'm worried about is your livelihood, your family and your home. And I don't want you to, to get in any trouble like that. Yeah. The SEC doesn't necessarily even care. Uh, they, they can just operate on technical, you know, on a technical basis. So, um, yeah. So DAOs are interesting, and um, you know they're 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 very au courant right now. And um, you know, let's see how that shakes out. Yeah, it's 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 wild, but I think it's an exciting uh, you know forefront. But I think that in the in the near to medium term and in the long term, um, because what will happen is as time goes by, the compliance will become easier. It will become more automated mm -hmm. if we have our way. Yeah. And it's going to make it to where you won't really care anymore if it's a DAO or not. I know that some of us really love the no KYC and love the anonymity and the participation in that way and all that. But you know, when you're investing in a company or buying real estate or doing something that that's like that, you don't really fully care that much, like, you know, yeah. um, and, and you want to comply if the compliance is easy, right? I think uh, everyone wants to do things legally in the right way. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's really, really tough sometimes. So, uh, um, you know, I think there's a very, very bright future ahead and there's really cool things happening today in the space. And yeah. um, we're going to, we're going to continue this conversation uh, more often. And I appreciate you, Dave, for hanging out with us again. And everyone who is in the, uh, who's watching on the streams, I, I, I'm watching the chat and I'm realizing that with a lot of the international crowd and a lot of our friends, we really uh, uh, screwed things up by, you know, being uh, in, you know, the United States and having daylight savings time. <laughs> Um, some of some people just joined now, but I know on the streams there's a lot of people participating. So if you want to come hang out at a table, talk to the community, jump to meet.blockchainviews.io right now, hang out with us. But um, otherwise, I'll see you next week. Uh, Dave, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I appreciate your time and taking time in the middle of your travels to hang with us. We're gonna do it again, and uh, thank you so much for your insight. We'll we'll see you all soon. Love it. See you all. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah.